And now, for the show reflecting on classic radio, Hollywood 360, with your host, Carl Amari. You lost your magic. They knocked you off your game. Your Carlness went right out the window. What's with this Carlness? It's not even a, a real word. It's a conjunction, a preposition. It's a philosophy, a way of life. It's your name with miss attached to it. Bob, listen to me. If you'd have done what I asked you to, and come in my dressing room before the show, you'd have known that you weren't supposed to come out here until I introduced you. Jack, I tried to get into your dressing room, but I didn't have a nickel. I understand you're pretty funny as a DJ, and comedy is a kind of hobby of mine. Well, well actually, it's a little more than just a hobby. Reader's Digest is considering publishing two of my jokes. Really? Yeah. From Hollywood, it's time now for... Honey Dollar. Leave the gun. Take the cannoli. Quiet, numbskulls. I'm broadcasting. Hello, everyone. I'm Carl Amari, and this is Hollywood 360, the radio show that presents all things entertainment, including trivia contests and games, movie reviews, celebrity interviews, showbiz news, and classic radio shows. My co-host is the vivacious Lisa Wolf. In this hour, Chester Morris stars as amateur detective Boston Blackie from 1944. But first, it's TV Jeopardy. Lisa Wolf Trebek will play audio clips from popular TV shows. I'll name the show if I can while you play along at home, right, Lisa? That's right, Carl. In this edition, we are going to be talking about television game shows. Okay. Mm, Having a little fun with that. So I will play the first clip for you right now. All right. 2011 movies. Known for his work as a Shakespearean actor, he directed Thor. Kara. Who is Branagh? Kenneth Branagh, right. 600, please. <laughs> That's pretty easy. He was busy in 2011. If I couldn't get this Paul, after being pals with Art Fleming for all of those years, this is... Jeopardy. Jeopardy is absolutely right. I purposely didn't play the music for you because that makes it even easier. Yeah. This has been on the air since 1964. Yeah, first host was Art Fleming. Yes, and of course the host now is, do you know? Um, do you remember? Maya Bialik. Maya Bialik, yeah, right. Yeah, she's exactly. great. I like her. You like her? She's okay. Yeah, I think she's terrific on the she's show. She's okay. Yeah. Have you been watching the Jeopardy Masters? That's been yes. on this week. Me too. Yes, unbelievable. Right? I know. I mean, there's these six, six They're even smarter and... than I am at Jeopardy. Get out. Yeah. I swear, they're wow. smarter than me. I mean, I watch it. I get like three, the whole, maybe oh, three, really? right, the whole thing. I get less. Okay. That's what I figured. <laughs> All right. Here's the next clip. <laughs> Now, the category tonight is Thing. R-S-T-L-M-E. Vanna will put some letters oh, up. Ask give you a hint Vanna. there. Give you a big hint. Vanna. That yeah. gave it away right there. I know. That has got to be Wheel. W-H-E-E-L. Wheel. Wheel of Fortune. That is absolutely right. On since 1975, still on as well. And the hosts are? If Vanna White is the... Lady who spins the things. The things. And then yeah. the other guy is, um, uh, I, I don't know. Oh, come on. I don't know who that it's is. It's Pat Sajak. Oh, yeah, Pat Sajak. Right. Yeah. I don't ever watch that show. I don't either, but now and then it's yeah. fun. All right, so uh, far so good. Here I you go. I got two out of two. Uh, just 15 questions away from winning $1 million. The oh, rules, yeah. if you remember, are quite simple. The more questions you get right, the more money you win. Once you reach the $1,000 or the $32,000 level, you're guaranteed at least that much money. And to help you win as much as possible, you also have free yes, lifelines to help you. 
50-50 with a computable takeaway two of the wrong answers. The original host. The one uh, yeah. And the one incorrect answer. We'll also ask the audience if you like. I think you it's can, uh, called call our studio audience Who to see Wants to Be a Millionaire. That is right. What a I great do, title. Actually. I'm going to say that is a great title for a yeah, game show. Who wants show to be a millionaire? Who doesn't want to be a millionaire? I would and love Regis to be a millionaire. And Regis Philbin was the host from 1999 to 2002. There have been various hosts uh, after that. Here's what, we, here's what we need to do. We need to each become millionaires. Well, and that's then, the first part. Yes. I think we should shoot higher and go for billionaire. Well, that might be really difficult because that's uh, ten. That's what? That's ten thousand million. <laughs> okay, it? so let me hear what you had to say. I'll we say, should each become each millionaires. become millionaires, and then buy like a ginormous radio conglomerate, right? Yes, and then just. Do this show 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And that's when I might walk right there. (laughs) (laughs) Like, it's been nice, but, but, you know, I'm getting a little tired in my old age. I was just thinking. (laughs) Just thinking. Well, you keep thinking. All right. First, maybe you could get your car fixed. No. And we'll move on from there. Okay. So I got three right so far. I think you're going to get all of them. Here's the next one. All right. We survey 100 people, get their answers to a question. You can see the top six answers are up there on the board. They're in order of popularity, and Don and Sid, you know, you've got to try and get the most popular answer. Here's the question. Name a famous animal star. That's Richard Dawson. Yes, it is. Don. Yeah. Lassie. It's not Richard Dawson anymore. No, it absolutely is not. This is Family Feud. Family Feud on, that's right, 1976, still on right now. Can you name some of the other hosts besides Um, Richard Dawson? Yeah, there was... um, Combs, Richard mm-hmm. Combs. Yep. Ray, 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 Ray Combs, Combs. Right. And then, um, oh gosh, uh, Steve Harvey. Yep. Harvey. Harvey is is current. Yeah. He's the current I host. I like him. Do he's you? my favorite host. He is my least favorite Why? of all I think people. He's fantastic. As We're going to have to talk about that I another love, time. I love I, Steve Harvey. I am not a Steve Harvey fan. Yeah. And now he's doing a judge. He's a judge. He's so talented. He's, he's so great. He's just not my cup of tea. All right, we got one more. All right, here we go. Here's the next one. Yeah. <laughs> Two cases to choose. Number four. Number four, Kelsey. Eight cases. Yeah, I know. Too small. Two, you want to stay away. And from. this is uh, the guy with the glasses. Thank That's Howie, Howie Mandel. Mandel. Yes. Howie Where Mandel. And this is. I um, like Howie Mandel. It's a bunch of like pretty girls <laughs> holding right. suitcases. <laughs> That's right. But I, I don't remember the name of it. You don't know? Um, You're going to kick yourself when I tell how you. How about it's something like. Um, it's, it's a question. Open my suitcase. Is that the name uh, of the that, show? That's just not as catchy as the as the title. Um, I don't. I can't remember. Deal or no deal? I would have never. Rem- I would have never remembered that because I only right. see. I've only seen it like once or twice. I figured you'd watch for the pretty girls if yeah. nothing else. Yeah. No? Well. Okay. I li- and I like Howie. I do too. I like I'm Howie a Howie Mandel. Mandel fan. All right. Well, thanks. Great Lisa. job, Carl. All right. When we come back, we have a Chester Morris episode of Boston Blackie. You're gonna like it. Stick around. More Hollywood 360 after these important messages. And now back to Hollywood 360 with Carl Amari. All right, so imagine this, Lisa. There's a guy, this is true, Jack Boyle. And he gets in some trouble with the law. He was forging some checks. You know, that could happen. But that happens to me all the time. And he was in jail, right? And he's, and he's bored. He's in jail. So he decides, I'm going to create a character. I'll write, you know... I like writing. So he creates this fictional character named 
John Dawson, Jack Dawson or John Dawson, known as Boston Blackie. And he was a former, like, jewel thief and safe cracker. He goes to jail. He is rehabilitated in jail, gets out of jail. And uh, the police always think, you know, anytime there's any kind of crime, they think he's the one doing it. He lived in New York City. And uh, the cops were always after Boston Blackie. So he had to solve the crime to get himself out of the jam. That was the whole concept of Jack Boyle's character, Boston Blackie. It was so popular, they made a whole bunch of silent films, and then they brought the character to um, radio. Well, they also made some talkies with Chester Morris in a Columbia series, 14 films for Columbia, and then they said, well, let's bring this to radio. So they got Chester Morris to actually play the role on radio for a summer season. Then after he couldn't do it anymore because he was doing the TV, you know, the movies. Mm. So then they hired Dick Kalmar to do it. But we have a Boston Blackie episode, June 30th, 1944. Here's part one of Chester Moore starring as Boston Blackie. <laughs> Rinso, R-I-N-S-O, Soapy Rich Rinso presents Boston Blackie, starring Chester Morris. Hello? Is Mr. Manleather there? Why, no, I'm sorry he's not. This is his secretary, Miss Rochelle. Can I help you? Yes, you can deliver a message for me. I've been trying to reach him all day. This is John Partridge, president of the Morton National Bank. Mr. Partridge, but... Well, Arthur Borden is president of the Morton Bank, isn't he? Not since yesterday, he's not. Give this message to Mr. Manletter, please. Tell him that his notes to the bank were due and payable on Monday of this week, and we must have our money. But, Mr. Partridge, we we showed our books to Mr. Borden only last week, and he agreed to extend the notes until our accounts receivable came in. Our business is in fine shape, Mr. Partridge. Our books prove it. Please tell Mr. Manletter that we'll accept our money in the morning, Miss Rochelle. But it's $100,000. We can't possibly raise that money overnight. I'm sorry. That's Mr. Manleather's problem. Goodbye. $100,000. Hello, Jean. Mr. Manleather, the bank just called. There's a new president and they... And they want to foreclose on my notes. How did you know? I read this letter I got at the house this morning. Here, read it. If you want to know how to prevent the bank from foreclosing on your note, have your friend Boston Blackie... Visit a house at 50 Hunter Street at 7 o'clock this evening. Signed a friend. Mr. Manletter, what does that mean? I don't know. I can't see any connection between the bank and Blackie. But I do know I won't ask him to go to Hunter Street. Well, can we raise $100,000 for the notes overnight? Uh, I don't think so, but I'll try. Well, there isn't much hope. Then you must call your friend Blackie. No, it can only mean trouble for Blackie. I don't know how or why, but it must be trouble for him if I'm being forced to ask him to go there. But Blackie thrives on trouble, Mr. Manletter, and it'll save your business. No, I won't call Blackie. I'm going out to try to raise the money. You'll hear from me later. All right, sir. Alice, will you call a number for me, please? Get me Boston Blackie. Get Me Boston Blackie. Four words that the weak use to call their champion. Now, meet Chester Morris as Boston Blackie. (laughs) 
Uh, tell me, Blackie, which one of these girls do you like best? So, come on, take a look at their pictures. Come on, will you? <laughs> All right, Shorty. I'll judge your personal beauty contest for you. Now, this blonde here... Yeah. Hold it, Shorty. I'll get the phone. Hello? Blackie? Yes. Blackie, this is Jean. I had to call you. Mr. Manletter's in terrible trouble. Hey, come on, will you, Blackie? Come on, get off that phone. I gotta know about this redhead. Lay off, Shorty. Uh, what is it, Jean? What's the matter with Arthur? The bank called an hour ago. I've been trying since then to reach you. They're going to take over the business if Arthur doesn't redeem his notes for $100,000 by tomorrow morning. They, they, they can't do that, Jean. Yes, they can. The notes are overdue. Hey, boss, what about this brunette? Now, come on, come on, will you? Quiet. Uh, not you, Jean. Uh, look, honey, I haven't anywhere near 100000 and I wouldn't know where to go to get it by tomorrow morning. I didn't expect you would, Blackie, but Mr. Manletter received a message saying that if you come to 50 Hunter Street at, 12, at 7 o'clock tonight, the notes will be renewed. If I go to 50 Hunter Street, well, what does that mean? I don't know, Blackie. But if I show up, they'll renew? That's what the note says. Mr. Manletter knew you'd be in some kind of danger if you went, and he wouldn't ask you. Oh, don't worry, chick. You'll hear from me. Bye. So you finally got done. Now, come on, help me. Look at See, I got 50 pictures here. Pick out the one I should pin up on my I wall. I can't huh? do anything about your pin-up problem now, Shorty. Oh. I've got something at 50 Hunter Street that I've got to pin down. What is this? Sounds like a record. Hey, you behind that desk. You in the mask. What is this? Come on, talk. First of all, Boston Blackie, don't try anything foolish. There's one of my men behind you with a gun. Now that you've turned around to see, <laughs> let me tell you that you are listening to this recording which I made because I don't want you to know what my voice sounds like in person. A record, huh? Well, personally, I prefer Harry James. Blackie, I want you to listen carefully to what follows. Have you anything to say? Sure I have. I hope you're... Oh! Okay, boss. Take the record off. He's out cold. I uh, hope I didn't hit him too hard, boss. There's no sense killing him. The law is going to do that for us very soon. <laughs> Gee, Blackie, where you been? I've been having pups. Well, I hope they look like their mother. Well, I'm back, Shorty, only I'm not the same guy. You should have had your head examined for going down to that Hunter Street joint. Yes, I, I had it cracked. That's worse. Take a look at this, Shorty. A bullet hole? Yeah. In your coat pocket. Who'd you shoot, Blackie? I didn't shoot anybody, Shorty. Somebody slugged me, and when I woke up, my gun was gone, and this hole was in my pocket. I must have been out for hours. It's, uh, it's almost 11 o'clock. I called Jean, and she told me the bank renewed Manletter's notes the minute I showed up at the Hunter Street place. Somebody sure took an awful crack at you, hey, Blanky? Yeah, it's more than that, Shorty. Only how much more and exactly what, I don't know. Uh, get my robe, will you, please? Yeah, yeah, sure, boss. Uh, give me your coat, and I'll hang it over this here chair. Well, here it is. Blanky, uh, what do you make of this business this afternoon? Uh, I don't make it. It's got me stumped. Yeah, me too. Well, here's your robe. Thanks. I think I'll lie down and relax for half an hour. Uh, would you mind fixing me some coffee, oh, Shorty? sure, sure. Have it free in just a minute, boss. Thanks. Hello, Blackie. Glad to see me? Well, Inspector Faraday, of course <laughs> I'm glad to see you. <laughs> Which goes to prove how easy I am to please. <laughs> Very funny. Well, Blackie, I think you overdid it this afternoon. Well, my head sure feels like I did. That isn't what I mean. Did you ever hear of a private detective named Fred Visual? That crooked Jamis? Yeah. Oh, sure, I've heard of him. And he's heard of me, too, Faraday. 
I got the guy's license suspended when he tried to blackmail me. Uh, old couple of friends of mine, you know, last year. That's the guy. He didn't like you, Blackie. You know, I'd feel a whole lot worse if you said Rita Hayworth didn't like me. You didn't like him either. I hate rats, Faraday. Come on, what's all this about? Nothing, only Visual was found shot to death an hour ago. What? I'm taking you in for his murder, Blackie. Now, let's get going. Now, look, Faraday, you've done ridiculous things every day of your life. <laughs> but right now, you're borrowing from next week. What makes you think I bumped off Visual? I don't think it, I know it. We've got your gun and it's got your fingerprints on it. Oh. We found it near Viswell's body. And if I'm not mistaken, isn't that a bullet hole in the pocket of this coat of yours on the chair? You fired from your pocket. Well, maybe I burned the hole with a cigarette. Uh-uh, no cigarette ever burned a hole like that. Now, come on, let's get going, Blackie. Get dressed and hurry up. Take off that robe, put a coat on. You're coming with me. Come on, take that robe off. All right, all right. Pretty robe, isn't it? Too bad you won't be allowed to wear it in jail. You like this robe, Inspector? Mm -hmm. Well, here, take a good look at Lovely. it. Lovely. Take a good look at it. Right over your head. <laughs> Shorty, Shorty. Yeah, yeah, I'm right here, boss. I was waiting for a signal from him before I cocked well, it. Help me tie him up, Shorty. We'll use the cord from the robe. Now, quiet, Inspector, quiet. Don't you know it's impolite to talk with your mouth full? Uh -huh. You'll be tied up like a chicken in just a little minute now. <sighs> well, I know what the score is now, Shorty. Somebody's fixed it to look like I knocked off Fred Visual. Yeah, I heard. Ain't a very pretty picture, is it, boss? I'm not worried about the picture, Shorty. I'm worried about the frame. Who is it? Who's there? Let me in, Jean. Hurry. It's Blackie. Blackie? Oh, thanks. Hi. I'm sorry about coming to your apartment at this hour, Jean, but I couldn't reach you on the telephone. Well, they closed the downstairs switchboard at midnight. Oh. What is it, Blackie? What's wrong? I need information, Jean. I need all you know or can remember. There's some connection between a private detective named Fred Viswell and somebody at the Morton National Bank. Now, who was it that spoke to you on the telephone? The new president. Oh. His name is John Partridge. Well, that's the man I'm going to see. Faraday's on my trail again, Jean, and I've got to clear myself. Oh, you'll never be able to get into the bank to see Partridge, especially if Faraday has a dragnet out for you. As soon as you show up, they'll throw you in jail. Oh, don't worry. I'll figure out a way to get in to see him. But if I don't get anywhere with Partridge, I'm a dead duck. Good morning, Mr. Partridge. Good morning. Good morning, Mr. Partridge. Good morning. Oh, I left your mail on your desk, Mr. Partridge. Thank you. I'll be in my office if anyone wants me. Don't open your mouth, Partridge, or this gun will shut it permanently. Why? What? What do you want? Aren't you one of the special police that protects the bank? Oh, well, don't let this uniform fool you. I wore it just to get in here. And keep away from your desk. You know, I'm allergic to the sudden pushing of buttons. Ah, that's better. Now, do you know who I am? No. I'm Boston Blackie. That doesn't mean a thing to me. Oh, I think it does. You called Arthur Manletter's office and told him the bank wouldn't renew his notes. But he received a letter saying that if I were to go to 50 Hunter Street, the bank would renew. Maybe you know what you're talking about, but I don't. You've got to be the man behind a pretty shrewd frame-up, Partridge. Unless you're acting on somebody's instructions. Now, which is it? You know that if I raised my voice, you'd be shot dead by the bank guards before you could go through the front door? Well, I'd have company, Partridge, believe me. You. Inspector Faraday thinks I killed a man. They don't hang you twice for double-killing. Why was I framed for the murder of Fred Visual? I don't know any Fred Visual, and I don't know anything about any telephone call that was supposed to be made by me to Arthur Manletter. Oh, no, you don't, huh? How about the renewal of Manletter's note? 
There never was any question about renewing man letters. Note his credit is excellent. The note was renewed by me personally at 10 o'clock yesterday morning with a notary attesting to the time. And that was certainly long before my alleged phone call. Oh, you played it cozy, huh? You knew Manletter would call me, so you bluffed him. How long are you going to make me stand here? Can't you see there's nothing I know that can help you? Why don't you go? I will. I've got another stop to make. But the minute I leave this office, you'll call for help, of course. Of course. Oh, but you're not going to. You know, the only way you can do any calling, Partridge, is to talk in your sleep. So, Lisa, there was, as I say, 14 Boston Blackie movies starring this guy, Chester Morris. And they were so popular. And they weren't, like, really expensive movies. They call them B-movies. Mm-hmm. But they were so popular that that uh, they decided, well, let's bring this character to radio. Why not? Works in the movies. Why not bring it to radio? I've seen all of those Boston Blackie movies. And Chester Morris played the role so great. And as you hear here on this radio broadcast, he's terrific in it. But because he couldn't do it any longer, Frederick W. Ziv decided, hey, I'll just hire an actor to play the character and we'll have a hit series. And you know what? Lasted like 220 more episodes on radio. So it was very popular. Austin Blackie will get back to this episode with Chester Morris on Hollywood 360 after this short break. If you enjoy classic radio shows like The Lone Ranger, The Shadow, Jack Benny, Gunsmoke, Dragnet, and Suspense, become a member of the Classic Radio Club. Each month, you'll receive 10 half-hour classic radio shows, along with historical liner notes. The 10 shows will be on five CDs or via digital download, whichever you prefer. You'll also receive an email every week with a digital link to the full five-hour Hollywood 360 radio show and the 30-minute Radio Rarities podcast that Lisa Wolf and I co-host. In total, you'll receive 34 classic radio shows per month. Become a Classic Radio Club member at ClassicRadioClub.com or call 815-900-7535 to speak to a live operator. Log on to ClassicRadioClub.com or call 815-900-7535. That's 815-900-7535. And now back to Hollywood 360 with Carl Amari. We're on the air every week for five hours, Hollywood 360. We do this show live. Mike Costella, our executive producer. I didn't call him Mike Bubblebath Costella. Why not? To, forgot to put that in there. Maybe you guys didn't share that moment this week. No. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Lisa Vivacious Wolf here. And uh, that's my team for Hollywood 360. It's been our team for many, many years. Oh, my goodness. That's true. A long, long time. And as I said, we do this show live every weekend. And then by Monday, we send it. To everyone that is a Hollywood 360 podcast subscriber, because a lot of our stations, unfortunately, don't carry the full five-hour show. And then we tacked on our Radio Rarities podcast to give everyone a little bonus, too. And it's um, really inexpensive to be a podcast subscriber. It's just covering our cost to send it to you, which is $1.50 a week. You get the full five-hour podcast uh, along with the radio rarities for only a dollar 50 that's like less than a cup of coffee we bill you 5.99 a month and we send it to you every monday get the whole thing 
and the links never expire. So you can listen to this show for um, the rest of your life. Wow. That's a long time. (laughs) Anytime you want to listen to our show and you're going to get a new one every single Monday. Oh, my God. That's a lot of Lisa. That's I was going to say that's a lot lot of lot of Lisa. Well, there's always fast forward, Carl. And a lot of people do subscribe because, you know, as I said, we're not on a full five hours. I mean, obviously, if your station carries the full five-hour show, fantastic. You're but, getting you know, it. even if they do carry it, sometimes you just can't be there to listen to it for the full that's, five hours. That's true. And then you also get the Radio Rarities podcast that Lisa and I co-host, where uh, we take a classic radio show, very rare show. We break it all down, give you all kinds of information. We play the show. It's pretty cool. And by the way, folks, that Radio Rarities podcast is available to everyone listening all over the world, it's about uh, maybe 10 weeks behind if you just go and search it and try to find it. If you are a podcast subscriber, you get the latest one, like we're sending you the latest version. But it's still available free to listen anywhere podcasts are disseminated. So do search Radio Rarities, and you'll find it at iHeart or Acast, Spotify, iTunes, Google, uh, you name it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty good. Anyway, so if you want to subscribe for the podcast, as I say, only five ninety nine a month. That's what our cost is to send it to you. Just go to our website, Hollywood three sixty radio dot com at the top of the website. It's all the information. We've just added a feature where you can sign up for the full year and then it doesn't bill you every month. It just bills you one time for the full year. Um, Go to Hollywood three sixty radio dot com or you can call our phone number and speak to a live operator. If the operator doesn't answer, just leave a message and they will call you back. That number is 815-900-7535. That's 815-900-7535. Sign up for the Hollywood 360 podcast. Uh, We think you'll like it. All right, we're listening to Boston Blackie. This is called 50 Hunter Street. It stars Chester Morris as Boston Blackie. And it's from June 30th, 1944. Here's the conclusion. Mr. Borden? Yes? I'm sorry to disturb you at your home. My name is Boston Blackie. How do you do, Mr. Blackie? I uh, I came up here to see you, Mr. Borden, uh, about your bank. You mean about what used to be my bank? I'm sorry. Uh, who decided to replace you as president? The board of directors. Oh, and was it done suddenly? Yes, very. Uh-huh, and... Uh, Where did John Partridge come from? I don't know. He'd been on our board of directors only a short while. Oh. I'm an old man, Blackie. The loss of my bank was a blow to me. Everything came so suddenly I hadn't gotten used to not being there anymore. Will you forgive me if I'd rather not talk about it? Oh, I understand, Mr. Borden. I'm going to try to get your bank back for you, but I need some help. Now, here's an address where I can be reached. Oh, you must have some loyal employee at the bank you can depend on and... Would you call him and get him to find out something about Partridge? And if you get any information, send me a message. And uh, send that ring you're wearing with it so I know it's from you. I'll send you a message if I get it. But with just a paper clip on it. I haven't been able to get this ring off in years. The paper clip will identify my messenger if I hear anything. Good. Give me a little help. I'll turn a murder over to Inspector Faraday, get rid of the charge against myself and give you a bank right in your side pocket. We 
We've got to stay down here at my waterfront hideout during the day, Shorty. Every cop in town is on our tail. And Faraday's sworn he won't sleep till he brings me in. It's okay with me, Blackie. Uh, and go ahead, it's your deal. You got me, let me see, you got me 60 to 17 and two boxes. Go ahead, it's your deal. <laughs> you know, one thing about gin rummy, it sure passes the time away. Yeah, it passes my dough away, too. <laughs> okay, you two. Hoist him. Come on, Patsy. Yeah, yeah, I'm coming. Now, look, Blackie, stand up and don't try no, no, nothing foolish. I, I know all about you and your trucks. Well, I wasn't exactly going to ask you to pick a card. Who are you? A guy who ain't going to be outsmarted by you. Oh? Tie the little guy up, Patsy. Yeah, yeah, I'll tie him up. Good, too. Don't talk. Tie. Why, I'm tying him. He ain't going to go nowhere for a while. Okay. Well, suppose we start moving, Blackie. You ready, Patsy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm ready, Mug. Well, of course, don't anybody ask me. You're ready, Blackie. But you don't know for what. Now, start moving. Oh, this is a ride, huh? Okay. One way? Oh, I wouldn't say that, Blackie. We're coming back. Patsy and me. But we got orders to get you. Orders to get me, huh? Dealing in the Blackie market? You'll strain an arm reaching for jokes like that, Blackie. I thought that was rather clever, isn't it? But you might as well know something. Yeah? We ain't taking you on any gang ride. We're turning you over to the cops. Yeah, I'll bet. A couple of hoods like you wouldn't go within two miles of headquarters. I guarantee Faraday's got charges hanging over both you guys. Maybe. Only he'll be so glad to see you, he won't be able to think straight. All right, let's get moving, Blackie. And remember, I'm the guy that's got the gun on you. Okay, Mug. But take my word for it, someday you're going to beg me to forget that. Blackie, there's something natural about the way you look behind bars. Yeah. They look good on you. Oh, thanks. You've got no idea how nice it is to see you sitting so sweetly in that cell. Now, Faraday, listen, I didn't knock off Fizzwell. No kidding. Oh, of course not. And you didn't throw your bathrobe over my head and tie me up either, did you, Blackie? Well, yes, I did do that, mm -hmm. Faraday. You know I did. <laughs> but I did it to help you. Oh, this is going to be good. Now, tell me how. Well, somebody knocked off Fred Fizzwell. Uh -huh. Your job is to catch murderers, Faraday. I, I had to be free to help you, see? Blackie, you should have been a lawyer. Thanks. Only you're overlooking a slight something. Your gun. Your pretty little gun. With your fingerprints on it. And a slug from it in Viswell's head and the bullet hole in your coat pocket. Nobody else killed Viswell, Blackie. You've got no alibi. You hated the guy and your gun did the job. Looks like kind of a perfect job to me. This is a frame-up, Faraday. Now, you've got to do something you've never done before. Oh, <laughs> what? Use your head. Look, you're in jail, Blackie, and you tell me to use my head. Don't you think this is a spot where you should use yours? Well, it seems as though Inspector Faraday is about to realize a lifelong ambition and has finally found a charge against Boston Blackie that will stick. However, that remains to be seen, of course. <laughs> Now back to Boston Blackie, starring Chester Morris. Blackie is in jail. Inspector Faraday knows that it was Blackie's gun that killed Fred Viswell, and Blackie can't clear himself while he's in prison. Into the cell block where Blackie is being kept walks a young lady. The policeman at the end of the corridor said I could come in and talk to all the other policemen in the whole jail, and you're the other policeman, so I thought I'd come over and talk to you. All right, miss. But about what? About the ball, of course. Everybody knows about the ball. What ball? The ball we're giving. But I'm selling tickets only to policemen. Well, now I've heard everything. Selling tickets to policemen for a civilian's ball. How much are they? A dollar. But the policeman at the end of the corridor said that if Look, I came up... Look, uh, with... 
Here's a dollar and keep the ticket. Uh-huh. And the next policeman is right down past this row of cells. Go bother him, will you, please? Yes. And uh, don't tell me that bag you're carrying is full of tickets. There aren't that many policemen. Oh, you're so silly. Of course not. I always carry a bag. It makes me look as if I'm always about ready to go someplace. Well, uh, you can go right now. I'll unlock the door. You can walk down the corridor till you find another cop at the end of it. Uh, his name's Murphy. Isn't every policeman? Oh, I don't know. All right, go. Go on, miss. Right down the corridor. Don't mind them mugs in the cells. Blackie. Jean, what are you doing here? This isn't visiting day. Blackie, listen. I've got to keep walking when the guard looks this way. Oh, oh, don't be silly. Come in. The door's open. The cell door's open? Sure. Try it. It is. Blackie, how did you do that? Close the door. You know, I could open the cell door all right, Jean. That was a cinch. But I haven't figured out yet how to get past the guards at both ends of the car. Well, stop figuring it, Blackie. Here, look at this bag I brought. It's an outfit that matches the one I'm wearing, only it's a couple of sizes larger. Put it on, quick. What, and leave you in the cell? Oh, nothing doing, honey. I'll go out the door I came in, Blackie, and you go out the other one. Only hurry. The guard might get curious. Okay. Well, it won't take me a second. I'll first roll my trousers up, mm-hmm. and on with the dress. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, you brought a wig, too, huh? Mm-hmm. You think of everything. Can, uh, can I get into these shoes? Sure, you can. And hurry, Blackie. Yeah. Don't forget your hat. Say, it's a cute one. All right, zip me up, will you? And I'm all set. <laughs> there. Oh. Now, just walk out, Blackie, and tell a cop at the end of the corridor. His name's Murphy. Tell him you ran out of tickets. Uh, can you talk like a girl? Who, me? Of course I can. Oh, you better not talk. Bye, Blackie, and luck. Meet me back in my apartment. Oh, thanks, Jean. You're wonderful. Mm, see you later, Blackie. You look awful cute in that outfit. Watch out for the wolves. Oh, not me. For once, I want to be on the receiving end of a... This is the house, Shorty, 50 Hunter Street. I don't know what I'd expect to find here, but let's go in. Why, boss? Well, maybe I can pick up something inside that'll give me a clue to that masked man. Uh, you see any lights? No. Nope, there ain't any, but... Okay, now don't hit your flashlight till we close the street door. Oh, what kind of a lock is this? I don't know. But if you're working on it, it's an easy lock. I'll guarantee that. No, Shorty, it's an open lock. Come on in. Shh, quiet. Hit your flash, Shorty. Right. Yeah, this is the room where I got conked. The masked guy sat right over there facing me with his hands folded on that table, and he... Shorty. What? What happened? I know now who the masked guy was, Shorty. Yeah? I'm going to straighten out this whole mess. Wait till I look up a number in this phone book. Let's see. Who are you calling, Blackie? I'm calling the murderer of Fred Viswell. Wait a minute. Yeah. Yeah, Here it is. Well, now let's hope I sound like the mug. Hey, boss, this is a mug. Come right down to Hunter Street House. I got Blackie here. He's Hoyt. Oh, you want to talk to him? Okay. Talk to the boss, Blackie, or you'll get it again. Here, take the phone. So you're the boss, huh? <laughs> what am I supposed to do? Applaud? Uh, give me that phone, Blackie. Okay, boss. Yeah. Yeah, that sure is Blackie, huh? Oh, you'll be right down? It worked, eh? Good. Yeah. What a swell. Okay, Shorty, now you beat it. I'm staying right here, and I'm handling this alone. But I have a job for you when you get outside. Okay, boss. It may decide who dies for the murder of Fred Viswell. And just between us, I'd rather it wasn't me. Mug, Mug, are you in here? Mug, turn on the light. It's dark. I can't see you. 
Turn on the light. Here's a light, Mr. Borden. Right in your face. Boston Blackie. That's right, Boston Blackie. <laughs> you had a very nice frame-up all fixed for me, but I think you're going down to explain it all to Inspector Faraday now. Do you? Well, I don't. So the phone call to me was a gag, eh? I might have known it was one of your tricks, Blackie, but I didn't. No harm done, though. I'll just leave. Oh, just like that, eh? Mm-hmm. And don't think you can threaten me, Blackie. As long as I'm alive, I'm a potential alibi for you. Only you and I know you didn't kill Fred Bearswell and that I did. And you've got to let me live in the hope that someday I'll confess. Mm, yes, yes, I guess maybe I do. Oh, you're a pretty smart man, Borden. You'd have to be to have me in this kind of a jam. What did Viswell ever do to you? He thought he could outsmart me, the fool. Some private investors had him checking the books at the bank. Found that I'd taken quite a bit of money that didn't belong to me. And he thought he'd try a bit of blackmail. He didn't get very far. Pretty thorough, aren't you? I think so. How did you know I was the masked man, Blackie? Well, two ways, Borden. Yes? One was the fact that I gave you the address of my waterfront hideout, and later your hoods paid me a visit down there. You were the only one that had that address. The other was that ring you're wearing. Uh, you know, the one you told me you couldn't take off. When I came in tonight, I remembered the masked man was wearing that ring. You know, putting John Partridge in your place as president of the bank sounds like a wonderfully smart idea. It was. I was tired of working, and I can throw Partridge in jail any time I like for a little embezzlement job he did. So he must do as I say. And now, Boston Blackie, let's go visit Inspector Faraday. Well, no, Mr. Borden. I, I don't think I care to see the inspector tonight. No? Perhaps this gun will make you change your mind. I happen to know that Faraday has your gun... You're still under suspicion of murder, you know. And if you try to escape, Blackie, I'll think nothing of killing you in cold blood. You know, I believe you would, Borden. All right. All right, I'll go with you. I guess I'd rather be a live prisoner than a dead suspect. Here's Inspector Faraday's office, Blackie. Walk right in. Go on. Okay, if you say so, Borden. <laughs> Hello, Inspector. Say, look, don't you ever sleep? Hello, Blackie, I've been expecting you. You're a little late. Would you mind telling this gentleman in back of me to get rid of his gun, please, Inspector? He doesn't realize that it's impolite to point. His name is Arthur Borden. Okay, Mr. Borden, I'll take that gun. Certainly, here you are. Well, looks like I've got a first-rate murder suspect right here in this room. <laughs> it certainly does, Inspector. <laughs> Going to lock him up? In just a minute. In fact, I might as well do it very legal and proper. Arthur Borden, you're under arrest for the murder of Fred Viswell. What? Me? Why, I... Save it. I wish it was Blackie. Only it isn't. <laughs> We've got your confession in your own voice, right on a dictograph record. A dictograph planted in my Hunter's Street house? Right. That's impossible. Nobody could have put a dictograph in there. You tell him, Blackie. You figured this thing out. Well, before you came into the Hunter Street house tonight, Mr. Borden, I dialed the inspector's private number on the telephone and left the receiver off the hook, you see. I had Shorty call him before and tell him to expect his private telephone to ring. All the while you were telling me how perfectly you would frame me, the inspector was listening on this end. Yeah, not only listening, but having the whole thing taken down on a record. <laughs> uh, say, inspector, I did you a favor, didn't I, by turning up Viswell's murderer? You did yourself a bigger favor, but what's on your mind? Well, I'll tell you, inspector. Shorty told me you have Jean Rochelle booked here. You said it, Blackie. She helped you escape from jail. Well, maybe she did, but uh, if she did, I brought you in a murderer. So you certainly owe her a favor, too, right? Well, Maybe. What do you expect me to do? Let her go? Sure. You've held her long enough. Now it's my turn.
You've heard about making mountains out of molehills, but here's how to make mountains of dishes go right down to nothing in a hurry. You put some rinse in your dishpan, and up go the suds. Plenty of thick suds from surprisingly little rinse And down goes that stack of dishes in practically no time. Yes, dishwashing is a mighty easy, simple job, with rinse helping out. China, silver, glassware, they're all shining brightly in a jiffy, with rinse soapy-rich suds on the job. Why, even your pots and pans come clean easily when rinse gets to work. Use rinse too, for all the soap and water jobs around the house. It's swell. <laughs> Now a glimpse at next week's adventure of Boston Blackie. All right, Monahan, give me a little more juice in that light. No, no, don't do that. I can't stand it. That's better. Now listen, Shorty. You say you don't remember what happened. I, I don't. I keep telling you I don't. All right, maybe you don't remember. You were slugged. Now we don't want to know anything except one thing. Now think hard, Shorty. Who was the last person you saw or talked to before you were slugged? Now that's all we want to know. I'm thinking, Inspector Alice. I'm dizzy trying to think. I don't know. I just don't know. Hey, wait a minute. Oh yeah, I remember now. The last person I talked to before I got conked was uh. Well, was Boston Blackie. Be sure to listen in at this same time next week for another exciting adventure with Boston Blackie, starring Chester Morris with Richard Lane as Inspector Faraday. You can see Chester Morris as Boston Blackie at your favorite movie theater. Boston Blackie's latest Columbia picture is One Mysterious Night, soon to be released. Original music for the program was by Charles Cornell. This is Harlow Wilcox speaking for the makers of Rinso and wishing you all a very pleasant good night. Warm weather's ahead, and that means greater danger from perspiration. Protect yourself. Use Life Boy in your daily bath. You know, of seven leading brands, Life Boy gives you the most soap for your money. And its rich, purifying Life Boy lather agrees with your skin. And don't forget, Life Boy's the only soap especially made to stop... This is the National Broadcasting Company. I think you should listen very carefully to that commercial. I was thinking the same thing. You, you, you can might, use a little life boy you in your life. It. You might need that. Yeah. B-O. I'm sitting across from you, and I'm trying to be really mild-mannered about it. But Listen, I take a bath once a week whether I need to or not. Right. Well, maybe add some life boy to the middle of the week and see how <laughs> your love baths, life goes. <laughs> speaking of baths, we have Mike Bubble Bath Gasello over there. Do you, I am. do you use Life Boy in your bubble bath? I do not. Oh, okay. You might want to consider it also. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we are in close quarters here. Well, at not the radio with Mike. Station. Just, just you and yeah. Me. Mike's all the way down the hall now. Well, why do you think he's down the <laughs> hall? <laughs> all right, that's Boston Blackie, June thirtieth, nineteen forty-four, starring Chester Morris. As heard on NBC, hope you enjoyed that. Time for this month in music history. We are going back to 1971 with this song. This is The Doors. 
Love her madly. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I wasn't trying I always, to fool you. I always get the band, you know? I'm better Birth. at the band. Right. Well, that's because you were in so many bands that you're True. familiar with the band. True. I played the tambourine in a lot of bands. That would have been good for you. I know. This is from the album L.A. Woman. It was their final album with Jim Morrison, and it peaked at number 11 on the Billboard chart. Walking out the Is that door. true statement, Carl? What's that? Don't you love her as she's walking out the door? A thousand times before. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> That's a good tune. It is. I mean, it's like, they don't make songs like this anymore. I mean, no. you know, right? No. Walking out the door. All right. Thanks, Lisa Wolf. Sure. More of Hollywood 360 after this short break. All your love. More Hollywood 360 after these important messages. Now back to the best in classic radio on Hollywood 360. In our next hour, it's a Western adventure of Gunsmoke starring William Conrad. And we'll also play Beat the Host, right, Lisa? That's right. We're going to be talking about Jerry Seinfeld. He was born April 29th of 1954. He just turned 69 years old. We have some guests in studio, so we will be back. All right. Stick around. Hey, everybody. Jared Sebesti, your host of Retire Repurposed. This podcast is dedicated to help people transition into fulfilling and purposeful retirements. Retirement is a big life change. In fact, the two most dangerous years of a person's life are the year they were born and the year they retire. Few people could just flip the switch from working a career 30 or 40 plus years retiring on Friday without methodical steps to living what we call a repurposed retirement. To listen now, search Retire Repurpose on your favorite podcast platform, Senior Resource, or Life Audio.